to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others. Hey, those are just some of the things we want to do around here. I know you do as well. Stay tuned. 48 Days Radio coming up next. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, yeah, we want to do those fun things, and I'll be sharing more from a quotation, an old quotation that kind of expands on that. Some of the things we're going to be looking at today are no driver's license yet, but making money as a photographer. Someone says, does my age mean my opportunities are diminishing? Should I put the $250 it will cost to take an insurance course on a credit card? Dear Dan, I need a complete career makeover. How do I get started? How can I help my cousin help herself? Hey, there's a great question. And somebody says, I'm tired of feeling sorry for myself, tired of wanting to die. But we've got some tough questions today, tough situations. I don't know if it's because we're gallery right at the end of the year. People are reflecting back. Things didn't happen that they wanted to. Maybe because we're right on top of an uncertain election. Well, hey, either way, we're going to be positive, look forward, put some things in place, take action, create the kind of life that you want. Our sponsor today is Casper Mattress. Want to share with you about them in a little bit. Let me give you a quotation for today. This comes from Proverbs. Proverbs 16, 26 says, the appetite of laborers works for them. Their hunger drives them on. Now we got some questions today. I'm going to just touch a little bit on the end. I'm going to dance around the edges of this idea of just giving people food, clothing, and shelter. Well, the Bible tells us their appetite drives them on. If they don't have any appetite, guess what? They don't have anything to drive them. That's not the best way to help people. Well, you know my thoughts on that. We'll, we'll again, dance around the edges of that tough topic here. Well, let me uh, tell you about my friends at Casper before we start in with the uh, success stories and more. You've heard me talk about the Casper mattress we have here in our guest house. It's the most requested room for people that come here. They hear me talk about it, and absolutely, they want to try it out and again and again and again. Talk about the refreshing deep sleep they had on a Casper mattress. Now, mattresses can cost well over $1,500, but Casper mattresses cost $500 for a twin size, $750 for a full, $850 for a queen, and only $950 for a king. And of course, they ship it right to you. You don't have to strap it on top of your car. It shows up in a box. You open it, spread it out, ready to go. Buying a Casper is completely risk-free. They offer free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home trial. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Again, just keep in mind, this is an obsessively engineered mattress that they've got. We absolutely love it. I encourage you to check it out. Go to casper.com slash sleepyoulove and use a promo code sleepyoulove to save $50 off your purchase. Again, remember, it's free shipping anyway. But you can save another $50. Just go to casper.com slash sleep you love. Use the promo code sleep you love. 
Well, last week I talked about 10 companies that no longer require a degree. Got a lot of feedback on that. More and more people are recognizing that maybe having a degree is not the strongest asset for getting a position. Now, one of the one of the gentlemen in the 48 Days community is Cliff Fadner. You've heard me talk about him before. He writes these little limericks every single week. But as a result of that one last week, where we talked about a lot of companies don't require a degree, Cliff wrote this. Many places in all of this nation don't require much education. They feel that your earning results from the learning you get from your life situation. I love the things that he writes. I love this little limericks. You know, we, we talked about how he could turn those into some kind of a money-making opportunity. You know, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes things just kind of have to unfold. This last week, I had in my mastermind here, and I invited Jeremy Coward in. Now, you may recognize Jeremy Coward's name. He's a celebrity photographer, really well-known internationally, but he's done some amazing things. His work in Haiti, he went down there and just allowed the natives to speak, just recorded their stories after the earthquake a couple years ago. And then he had 70 photos that he released over a period of 70 days, one a day. This got a lot of international attention. He was requested to come to the the United Nations. They set up a display, big poster size of all 70 of those photos, had heads of countries who met, and in one day, they committed $10 billion for aid for Haiti. Now, a lot of that was based on the work that he did. Now, the reason I mention that is because Jeremy a lot of times does things where he doesn't see a clear end result. He could not have predicted what that was going to happen as a result of taking those photographs. He didn't have a strategic plan. He just did it because he thought God gave him the divine idea and he would just kind of waited for the path to open on that. So sometimes Cliff with things like you're doing here, writing your little limericks, it, it, we can't just really craft out a clear path. I've had so many things that have happened to me over the years that I could never have anticipated, could never have structured or anticipated were going to happen. But I just followed what I thought ought to be done and they just continued unfolding. Well, thanks so much for your contribution. Hey, last week I talked about Amy, who's a pharmacist who has over $200,000 in student loan debt, working a job, making $100,000, but doesn't like her job, working very long hours, draining her, sucking the life out of her. But we talked about the fact that she also has an Amazon business on the side, which is doing extremely well. And I said, you know, if she stopped working as a pharmacist, it doesn't mean that she negates the value of that education. She would have a unique perspective as she looks at new ideas, even things that she might find that would have application in the Amazon world, you know, things that she could do that would be uniquely hers because she is a pharmacist. Well, she wrote back, I just listened to your podcast today. Wow. Thank you so much for addressing my question in, in great detail. You answered a follow-up question that I wanted to ask, which is about how others will perceive you when you decide to have a career change. I talked about the fact that right after I got my master's in clinical psychology, I decided I didn't want to be a psychologist, didn't want to be a counselor, started selling cars, but the background of learning how to ask great questions and listen to people probably served me extremely well as I was selling cars. She says, uh, Amy says, I'm glad you had the courage to make the move from psychology to selling cars. You're absolutely right. 
You'll always have the knowledge that you obtained from the degree. With that, I wanted to let you know my Amazon business is growing each day. I'm making arrangements to coach a client starting his own Amazon business. At first, I was charging a $500 one-time fee. However, he offered to pay me double if I would coach him one-on-one for a longer period of time. I'm so amazed at the opportunities out there beyond a diploma. And then Amy says, well, when she wrote this, she said October 28th is her birthday. She's excited to begin a new chapter. Looking forward to making a significant change. I look forward to sharing my success stories. Would love to provide value in any way possible for your audience. All right. Now, you've heard me talk about people who we've shared their success over a long period of time. Lots and lots of people. I mean, Giovanna Allison, we've talked about how her business has unfolded and how her success has grown. Uh, We talked about Joshua Kemp, who was a blacksmith and then trained himself to be a software development and how that has unfolded. We want to do the same thing with Amy. I don't know where this is going to go, but here's somebody who owes $200,000 in student loan debt, doesn't want to do the career that that training prepared her for. So she's making a transition. I mean, how exciting is that? Yeah, we want to know updates. We want to know how this is going to unfold. Now, along with this, I talked last week that I was going to have Jim Cockrum down here. Jim, uh, heads up CES. Jim is probably the the most outstanding guru in the Amazon information world that I've ever met. I mean, he's had lots of people who have become millionaires as a result of the training he provides in the Amazon space. So I had a chance to talk to Jim, and I want to share just a brief interview. And then I want to tell you about Jim's son as well. But I want to play this clip. Those of you who are interested in Amazon, this will give you some more information about this opportunity. I'm not doing anything on Amazon. Well, of course, my books are available there, just like any books. But um, I mean, I'm not doing anything creative. I believe in it, though, big time. I mean, it intrigues me. And I love hearing the stories about people who are really rocking in that space. So here's my short interview conversation with my friend Jim Cockrum. Well, Jim, I'm delighted to have you on here for a few minutes today. I've been promising my audience that I'd bring you on because there's so many people in my podcast audience who would love to have just that little side business. But because yes, of the way they think, a lot of times they don't do the research. They don't focus, so they just continue to have a little hit or miss side business and then decide, well, this can't be done. Now, you have rocked it. You are the guru when it comes to selling on Amazon and eBay. So, first of all, just thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. Oh, thank you. It's my honor, Dan. You know that. Ah, golly. Now, one of the things that I know you have done, which is an unusual business model, is to write the same book year after year after year where you just update it. Tell our listeners what that book is and how that experience has worked for you because it, it defies everything we know about how to get a book out there and how to work with the publisher. Yeah, you know, the, the world of publishing has been turned on its head. And uh, we're in year, I'm coming up on 15 years now, Dan, that I've written the same book over and over. We've updated it nine times, basically. And it's done really well for me. And thank you for allowing me to plug my book right off the bat. That's cool of you. But uh, <laughs> rather than give the title off right away, let's just make it about the topic that you just introduced. Writing the same book over and over, what it's allowed me to do is serve my audience in a way that they're not used to being served. You see, when I wrote this book the first time and then I updated it, I thought to myself, well, I'm just going to give it to everyone who bought version one and give it away to all of them. I did not anticipate the level of excitement and enthusiasm 
people were just, they became lifetime loyal. This is now 13, 14 years ago. They became lifetime loyal. Anytime you update that book in the future, I'm going to get an update, Jim. That's so cool. And here, every 18 months or so, they get another email. Hey, we've rewritten the book. Here it is for free. I've taken out all the outdated information. You know, technology changes. It's an internet marketing and internet business book. So the technology changes, and I have new success stories. I share those, and we drop it on their lap every 18 months or so. And people just go nuts. And now I've got this branding of this book is associated with me in such a strong way, and people recognize it. And I've had some people come up to me and just like, oh, I read that book 10 years ago. That's a powerful thing, you know? So um, that, that's been my philosophy. I always encourage you, it's not about cranking out one hit wonder after one hit wonder and trying to have, you know, multiple home runs. Write one good book, put your heart into it, and keep it updated and serve that audience. And here's the magic, Dan. Long answer about something of this. I turned my readers into my marketing staff. Oh my! Because I'm serving them so well, and they're anticipating that next update. And when it comes, boy, they tell their friends. Because here, I've just given them this free book, and they go, they tell their friends and family, "Hey, check this out. This is good stuff. It's only five dollars. That's another tip. Very low price. It's worth a hundred. I only charge five. It's a no-brainer experience. So, I mean, I could talk all day. It, it's, but it's been the core of my business. It's the top of my funnel, if you will. Well, I love that. And, of course, now we can't keep people just hanging on the edge of their seats. You've got them tantalized, so you got to go ahead and tell them what the book is. If Silent you... Sales Machine. Thank you, sir. If you just <laughs> Google Silent Sales Machine, you can look for it on Amazon. You yeah. can go to SilentSalesMachine.com. It's everywhere. Uh, it's been around a long time. There's a lot of links to it and content. And just, it started off as a little simple sales page and a 20-page book well, 15, almost 15 years ago. I love that model. It, it is. It's counterintuitive what you've done, but you know, a lot of things that we see have extraordinary success are disruptive in how they come into the marketplace. You look at what Uber is doing or Airbnb, they're changing the way things have been expected to be done. And because of that, yeah. they have an extraordinary success. So I, you, I love that word disruptive. Uh, you, know, you know, Dan, it doesn't have to be complex to be disruptive. What I, the process I just described, sometimes all you have to do to be disruptive is to be consistent. Wow. Over a long stretch of time, yeah. Yeah. which is the definition of trust, right? Which is one of the most sought-after assets we can have as business owners is the trust of our audience. If you want to establish trust, be consistent over a long period of time. You will leave your competitors in the dust every time. Oh, my. Boy, that's a great point. Well, Jim, your, your expertise, absolutely, your expertise in the silent sales machine is doing things online, and you have coached thousands of people to do that, and I've seen how people respect you when you announce your annual conference and it sells out in 24 hours. You know, I had the pleasure of being there with you last year. What an amazing group of people who oh, are. Oh, you did great. Oh. I've borrowed some of your stories. You have such <laughs> great stories, Dan. Your audience is so blessed to have you as a mentor. I, I've, I've borrowed a few of them. I give you credit uh, uh, because you, just, you tell such amazing stories to illustrate you know, the, the story, and I won't tell it now, but. You know, the rabbi and the Roman soldier, I've used that one 10 times now. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's a great story. Why are you here? Who are you um, and why are you, you know, here? Who are you and why are you here? Yeah, that's what a great question to ask yourself every day. Well, one of the things that people know is kind of lurking out there, they hear these stories about people making money on Amazon and eBay, and yet they think it's probably big and complex. Give us a couple examples of people who have had unusual areas of expertise, unusual products perhaps, but a clear focus that's led to extraordinary success. 
Yeah, let's, I, I am a student of legitimate long-term business ideas that I can teach to a lot of people, and it's going to work for literally everyone. There's not a very big list of ideas that meet those specs. It's a pretty short list. But the one that's at the top is selling physical products. on. It used to be eBay. Now it's Amazon. I mean, we've got story after story. I've got a, there's a young man who lives, literally lives in Jamaica on the island where there's no jobs unless you're involved in tourism. He works for the electric company. His name's Barrington. He took our course and started selling on Amazon. He's now globally selling more coffee online than anyone else I know of. Uh, just from, from the islands of Jamaica, there's no Amazon warehouses in Jamaica. This is an international opportunity. He's selling all over the world. He's now importing and exporting cars. I mean, it's an incredible story of a guy whose life went from, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month with his best prospect to he's paying all cash now, building a house in Jamaica for his family with special needs daughter that he flies to Miami every time she needs a treatment wow. without even thinking about it now. And it's all Amazon. I mean, that's just a matter of a few years. Um, another buddy of mine, Brett, youth pastor in L.A., had 400 bucks in the bank. He's now my business partner. He's got a 10-figure business selling physical product on Amazon. And here's the good part, Dan. He never touches his product. He doesn't touch box tape. He has a team. He's outsourced all of this. We teach these concepts. Selling physical product doesn't mean having a garage full of stuff and your wife wondering when you're going to get rid of it. You know, we, you, we're not talking about going out and buying a bunch of stuff and filling your house with it. You can automate these systems, and, and that's where we like to get real creative, but it's such a huge opportunity because so many people are shopping online now, and that didn't used to be the case. More and more now it is the case, and if you get on Amazon and start selling some product, you can ramp up very quickly with proper instruction, which is what we've been providing for about nine years. Wow. Well, I, I was so excited about talking to people in your audience when I was at your CES conference. Um, people like you know, Cinnamon and Jason Miles selling patterns. Oh, a beautiful couple, yeah. For yeah. dolls. So there's not even a physical product being delivered there. It's actually digital, and yet selling it on Amazon, using the promotion, the the exposure that they can get there, and just rocking and yeah. rolling. And then I, you know, yeah. run into a pastor and his wife who are retired, you know, in the elevator, and they're selling shoes. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You go to garage sales? Well, no, they sell all new shoes, but they buy liquidations, closeouts, put them back online, yeah, make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. You've got to be kidding me. Well, I love those There's stories. So many creative. Oh, oh, our community is just full. Literally, and we've got a stack of over a thousand great success stories now of people that track their start back to, well, in a lot of cases, being the silent sales machine book, but... Uh, the, the instruction that we give, and maybe you can put a link in your podcast. I don't want to give the name of the course. I'd like to put an affiliate link there so we can pay you a little bit for it. Uh -huh. um, but the Amazon course that we teach, it's the best in the world. We've got over a thousand success stories at this point. I mean, I literally, we could do this for three hours and put your audience to sleep at some point with success story after story after story. International, UK, Japan, Singapore is huge. You can become an international seller in a few days and be selling in other countries. It's it's an incredible opportunity. I, I feel like right now is the best time in the history of man to be alive as an entrepreneur. Oh, my. That's a there's, strong there's, statement. And I agree. Yeah, but I mean, but I, I, someone tried to argue that point. You can't. The most powerful communication tool ever invented by man, and it, not only do we have it freely available, but it's virtually free. I mean, I can go to a library if I don't have a home computer, and I can do all this. That's right. 
You know, and, and it's easy to think, well, that's just something, you know, I see on late night TV. Those people are a rare, a rare breed. But you get, you know, so many people that are doing this month after month after month. I know people, you know, increasingly people right here in Franklin, Tennessee, who are using the, the resources that you provided and just rocking and rolling. It's changed their life. It's changed their family tree, you know, what they're able to do. And, and I'm you know, not it, one. It, and you, it is work. Yeah, you're it's right. Work. I was just going to say, you know, neither you nor I are guys to just put out there smoking mirrors. You know, hey, it's a walk in a park. Next week you'll be making $50,000 a month. No, not a nope. chance. But nope. if you're mm-hmm. focused, intentional, create a clear plan, have access to the information that you really need, it can be done. And it's available for people. Well, we already mentioned yes, your, your book, Silent Sales Machine. I certainly recommend that. People can find that easily. Uh, we will put a link up to your Amazon course. I highly recommend that as well. Um, anything, any other resources you would recommend for my listeners, Jim? Well, you know, here, here's a resource I'm going to recommend to everyone listening to this right now. If you haven't got all of Dan's books at this point, <laughs> what are you thinking? You've got some great stuff out there, buddy. And if they don't have your full arsenal yet, they need to go do it. I've read most of them. And you're a talented, gifted leader. I consider you a mentor of mine. And I'm just honored to get a few minutes on your show today. Uh, I've got nothing else of value. If they haven't read all your stuff yet, do that first. That's my advice. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. I wasn't looking for a personal plug there, but I appreciate your confidence. And that, that, that's how things work in this community. You know, it's a pleasure to help each other be successful. This is not competition. It's collaboration. I love sending yes, people your way, knowing that they're going to be served well and they can learn things that are going to transform their lives. And I appreciate the, the return. As, as another mentor of mine said, you know, it, it, the mission is bigger than the man. And both of us would agree. I've never bounced this exact line off of you before, but I can tell you, you'll agree with me. And as I say it, the world needs more successful entrepreneurs. Absolutely. We're on the same team. Absolutely. Yep. The success it, others it, have. it needs more. So we're not competitors. We're doing we're in the same plow, buddy, and it's a pleasure to work side-by-side side with you. Well, thanks. Yeah, we, we really believe that a rising tide raises all ships. There's nothing we can do to, to serve our own success better than help other people be successful. Well, a lot of good stuff there, Jim. My friend, I appreciate you spending this time with us. So tell your family hello from us. And again, thanks for being with us for a few minutes here on the 48 Days Podcast. It was mine. Thank you, sir. Well, there you go. Jim is so knowledgeable in that Amazon space, uh, has done extremely well personally, and he delights in helping other people do the same, as you can tell from his comments there. We have access to him, full access anytime we want it. So you can shoot me difficult questions about Amazon, and uh, we can have Jim chime in on getting us enlightened as well. Another interesting kind of uh, tidbit, Jim has um, his one of his children, Trey, is 16 years old. Now, I've met Trey at his events. Trey is walking around with a camera. He loves photography. So he is doing photography. So he's 16 years old. He doesn't have his driver's license yet. But he's doing professional photography gigs. Here's what he does. He contacts wedding venues, places that would be really neat to have a wedding, and says, hey, how about if I come out, spend a couple hours, I'll just take a lot of photos, make your place look gorgeous, put it up online, help people notice your venue when they're looking for a place to have a wedding. What places are blown away? Well, sure. We'd love to have you do that. Now, what does that do? That puts him at the top of mind 
for those places when they have people say, gee, we want to have a wedding here. Do you have any photographers you recommend? So he's getting tons of referrals from these places. Now, here's, here's a really cool thing, too. I, so he's got his photography gear. He doesn't have a driver's license. He doesn't burden mom and dad with that, having to drive him around town and sit there for two hours while he does a shoot. No, he uses Uber. So he just dials in his phone, you know, hits the Uber app. Boom. He just tells mom and dad, hey, I'll be gone in the afternoon. And Uber takes him where he's going to go. I love the combined use of technology and creativity there. And that's, that's Trey Cockrum, Troy's son. Well, got a note from Rick Copeland, who has been, uh, we've been connected for a long time out of Columbus. He heard me talk about the fact that I would love to start some kind of a business incubator here for people who need a fresh start. You know, for the ladies coming out of the Tennessee prison for women who are really challenged, nobody will rent to them, nobody will sell them a car, nobody will give them a job. You know, God, if we can teach them some basic entrepreneurial skills, they can go on their own, not have to be dependent on anybody. Stay out of returning back to the jails again and be successful on their own. But anyway, Rick was very involved in helping to set up the Dublin Entrepreneurial Center up in Dublin, Ohio. So he's offered his services. He said, I'm offering my time at no charge to provide advice and guidance. It's the least I can do in return for the value 40 days has provided for me. Well, thank you, Rick. I appreciate that deeply. I will definitely be contacting you. I'd love to come back up and spend a day at the Dublin Entrepreneurial Center. Uh, that hosts over 150 or 140 businesses and uh, really does serve as a model for incubators nationwide. So it's a great model. I have been there when uh, Carrie Oberbrenner and I did the Escaping Shawshank event. We used the Dublin Entrepreneurial Center as the location for our, our general meetings and kickoff for that event. But thanks, Rick. Thanks for your generosity in that. John says, I've been in the lawn care industry for 10 years. I've pretty much maxed out the amount of money I can make in this industry without owning my own company, but I don't want to do this the rest of my life. I want to move into insurance sales, but at the moment, don't have the cash on hand to get my license in the state of Georgia. Should I put the 250 it will cost to take the course and pay for the test on a credit card? I follow Dave Ramsey's philosophy on the use of the credit card, but I, at the moment, I don't see any other way of making this shift. Position I'm looking at for insurance is 100% commission, direct sales to the customer. I can do this in the evenings after I finish my job. Thanks for all you, you do, all the encouragement you've given me through your podcast and books. Well, John, I would not do that. Now, I, you know, I'm not opposed to you know, using a credit card for a clear investment, a clear return. But here you're just talking about some information, of course. I mean, that's like uh, going to the bookstore and buying a book, you know, $250. Would I recommend that, you know, so you can learn about business, do business? Well, really, I would not. I mean, I just think it puts it in, a, you, you're in the wrong frame of mind to have put it on a credit card to start out. But you're only talking about 250 bucks. I mean, if it were $2,500, that would be... Some one thing, but 250 bucks, my gosh, give yourself the incentive to reward yourself with taking the course as soon as you get that 250 bucks in your pocket. But, um, my gosh, I mean, just, just get out and let people know what it is you can do. I mean, you can show up here and I'll have you, I've got right now somebody washing windows. Well, that's a hundred dollar job to wash the windows on our house. Happy to have somebody do that. Yeah, clean up a nature trail. 
man, there's a hundred bucks. Detail my car. Hey, there's a hundred bucks. I mean, get creative in the little things you could do in, a, in addition to the job that you've got now. But actually, you so see, you've been in the lawn care industry. If, you, if you're doing your own thing, I mean, offer to do something. Do a fall cleanup for a customer. Power wash their sidewalk. You know, look for things like that. You ought to be able to see opportunities within what you're already doing to very quickly generate that 250 bucks. Nah, just wait until you get it in hand. You'll feel a whole lot better about laying that down, getting the course, going through that, and preparing yourself for that next, that next uh, opportunity that you're looking for. Now, here's another lawn care business question. I grouped it together. This comes from Justin who says, Dan, I have a quick question. I've been considering starting a lawn care business doing fertilizer and weed control in my area. I used to work for a big corporation doing this, so I already know how to do the work. The problem is I have zero capital to put toward the starting of this business. I project that to start with the right equipment and product, I'd need about seven to $10,000 to do the job. I know you say I can start small and go that route, but we live in a growing, fairly affluent area around Indianapolis with new and large houses going up daily. I know I could grow quickly if I start now with the right marketing. I've been learning a lot about sales, marketing, and advertising from you, Joe Polish and Dean Jackson, among others. I was just listening to Christy Wright. Uh, she's from Dave Ramsey's organization. On the Business Boutique podcast, she interviewed two women who had asked customers for pre-orders to start their business. Having no money to start, no product on hand, they needed those pre-orders to get the ball rolling. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to start marketing and selling. You think this might be something that I could possibly offer? My plan would be to go door to door, do door hangings, put up flyers, et cetera, and offer 15 to 25% off if they prepay the entire year. Now, this is again for yard care, mow and fertilize. Um, I would have the full intention if I don't raise enough money with the prepaid accounts to give everyone 100% refund. Thanks for all you do. I'm going to post this in 48days.net as well so I can get more than just your opinion. And I saw that people are responding to him and I'm delighted that they are. Now, there are a lot of businesses that you can do exactly what you're talking about, Justin, where you have people prepay. I mean, the old um, Golly and Amway business or most of those direct selling businesses, if it's Mary Kay or whatever, typically you show people the products, you get their order and get 50% of the cost of that. And then you go order the product and then you get it in. Then you go deliver it and collect the other 50%. That's, that's pretty typical in that kind of business in lawn care. They have people do that. Nope. I don't think it's a good idea. I have had the same guy and his company mowing our yard for 17 years. If he offered to give me a discount for paying for the entire year in advance, I wouldn't do it. It's just in an area, in an industry where there's, well, there's a lot of mistrust for one thing. And I certainly trust the gentleman I have doing my yard here, but I, I just, it, it just doesn't resonate as a good plan. And I think you'll have a whole lot of difficulty, especially without years of experience in doing the very thing that you're saying you want to do, but to go out, start out with, Nope. I think you'll frustrate yourself. No end. I certainly would recommend that you bootstrap it. You don't need seven to $10,000 and start small with what you, what you have, you know, swing by home Depot, spend 500 bucks on a lawnmower or whatever, you know, start with that and then just have the cash flow grow it. That's the only way I would do this. Now it's a great business. I love the business. I think you can do it, but, um, I would not recommend you try 
Now, the other side is there's no downside. You could try it. Golly, if you get people that will prepay in advance, it would blow my mind. I would be more surprised than anybody because I don't think it'll work. Well, Dwayne says, Dan, I need a complete career makeover. I read with keen interest your blog in July about a woman who lost her job earning in the mid-70s. Rather than launch her own business, you helped her work to acquire a new position with a package into six digits. Six digits is more than I might expect to achieve, but I need to move my salary significantly up from the 58000 I'm making now. Rather than going to my background at this point, how do I get started? I will say that one of my unique challenges is that I'll be turning 64 in January. Rather than looking at retirement, though, I'm looking at working at least age 70. Thanks. Well, you're aged. Now, here's two things. Your age does not mean you deserve more than you've been making in the past. Just doesn't. The fact that you've done something for 20 years, you know, doesn't mean you deserve a raise. It's only if you are adding valuable contribution that you can expect to earn more. So your age doesn't mean you deserve more than you've been making in the past. However, it also doesn't mean you're at a disadvantage. So the only question really, Dwayne, is what value to, do you bring to the table? What are your unique skills and talents? I and mean, if someone asks you, can you clearly state your value proposition? I'll give you a, a real simple three-part formula where you can do this. What's your value proposition? I help blank, do no understand blank, so they can blank. That's what you need to do. What is your value proposition? Then you can look for opportunities that could be dramatically more than what you're currently making at $58,000. And you're not locked into that, but it's what do you do that has enough unique value that you could be looking at $100,000 or whatever it is that you want. I help, do know or understand, so they can. Like mine, I help high potential individuals understand and apply their unique and most powerful talents and passions in meaningful, purposeful, and profitable daily work so they can make an impact, leave a legacy, and thrive financially. And we clarify this process in 48 days. I mean, that's mine. You've got to do something unique to you, but if you can do that, you can hold your head up, go out here in the marketplace with confidence, and you can find opportunities, even if you're going to be 64, trust me. Golly, wasn't there an old Beatles song about when I'm 64? I need to pull that up. We'll check that out. Now, now, Chris says, I'm going to just blast through a couple here. Chris says, Dan, how does one deal with election year worry and anxiety? I seem to be stuck in a worry loop that won't stop. Thanks. Well, we're right on top of this. Obviously, it may have already happened. This is going to come out. Let's see. This podcast will come out about three days before the election. So it may be that it's already happened when you hear this. And none of us will need to worry about it anymore because it's already happened. But believe me, I haven't been worrying about it. I sleep like a baby every night. I'm going to get up on November 9th and go right back doing just exactly what I'm doing here. I mean, think about how far removed, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't even need to go down this path. Just my, my encouragement, stay clear in what it is you're doing. Stay clear in where your center of influence is. And it's not going to be probably internationally. It's going to be in your family, your home, your community, your church. Focus on what you can do there. And that's not going to be impacted dramatically by whatever happens in the White House. And like I say, like Barbara Bush said a few years ago, you know, your success is not dependent on who's in the White House, but rather who's in your house and what goes on in your house. 
mean, that's the way we look at it. Well, hey, just a quick reminder here. We are listening to Real Life Questions coming from you, the listeners. Love going through these each week. It's a highlight point for me. I appreciate your trust, the confidence you have to shoot your questions my way. Uh, just go to Ask Dan under the 48days.com site, or you can just shoot an email directly to me at askdan at 48days.com. Most of you are used to doing it like that. So uh, go ahead and shoot them in here. Now, Rebecca says, again, we got some tough questions here. Rebecca says, my cousin's boyfriend is facing a heart surgery in less than two weeks. That'll keep them in Nashville for four to six weeks. They're paycheck to paycheck people. They're trying to raise funds through GoFundMe, but you know how that goes. She's discouraged and fearful. She also feels like no one cares. I plan to contribute to her fund. But is there a way I can help her help herself? Maybe she can find some temporary work in Nashville with, with flexible hours. I'm not sure if she finished high school. She was homeschooled. She works as a custodian at a local school. Any ideas you have would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for your time. Been listening to your show for years. Well, thanks, Rebecca. I appreciate your, your question, your heart. But what you share is really not a positive setup. I mean, the things that you shared, now I appreciate you just sharing those with me, but she's got to get way beyond that if she's going to have any opportunity here in Nashville. And certainly she can. I mean, if she has some clear skills, I'm sure she can find something here immediately. I mean, there are signs out everywhere that companies are looking for people. But if she shows up hopeless, discouraged, and needy, no one will want her on their team. And you know, there's a big difference between feeling sorry for someone that can make a, you know, I mean, there's a big difference between feeling someone can make a contribution and just feeling sorry for them where you think you ought to make a charitable donation. Here's an example. I buy the newspaper from the homeless people who stand at street corners here in Franklin. Now that's not dropping $2 in a tin cup because they're sitting on the sidewalk looking pathetic. No, it's a business transactions. They have newspapers and I buy a copy for $2 and I never tell them. I know some people just say, oh, I'll just keep the paper. I never do that. That negates the business transaction and lets them know I just feel sorry for them. No, I want to encourage them in business. Now I keep $1 bills in the console of my car for that specifically. So I don't have to get under my seatbelt, re- reach in my pocket, but I keep a stack of $1 bills in the console of my car. So whenever I'm at a corner and there's somebody within quick walking distance, I buy a paper. I don't care if I get six the same week. It doesn't matter. But I'm helping those people in business. Your cousin has to figure out what she has that is of value. She's got to get past this poor me syndrome that nobody cares. Well, she's probably not very appealing to be around. If she's like, but if she can figure out what does she do that has unique value? And I don't care if it's selling papers on a street corner. There are people that make, you know, a couple hundred dollars a day selling those newspapers. They have to pay 25 cents for them and then they sell them for $2. Well, that's a pretty good margin. But if they treat people well, work the crowd well, have a good corner, they can make really good money doing that. And I commend them on doing that. Well, Rawl says, and I love your podcast. I've bought some of your books, been reading up on them. I had a quick question. I heard one of your episodes 
that you stop serving on board of any nonprofit and you explain the reasoning for your decision. I agree with what you said. My only concern is that to get to the point where you can serve on the board of a company, you usually start out by joining a nonprofit. This assumption might be wrong. So how would a person with no board experience go about joining a company board? Well, I, again, I commit it's a commendable thing to want to serve on a board. I mean, be prepared to give your talent and your time with um, not a lot of direct compensation, but uh, that's not unusual at all. But you can do that just as easily with a for-profit company as a nonprofit. Yeah, sure, nonprofits are always, they have to have boards. So they're more visible about asking for people to serve on their boards. But get involved in your local chamber of commerce. I mean, look at these small companies that are growing. Be clear on what your value is, your expertise that you can lend to a small growing company and let them know that you're available. If you do that 10 times, you're going to be asked to be on three different boards. So there's really no obstacle to be uh, being involved as a board member on for-profit companies. And again, I've just chosen to make that my focus rather than my impatience with um, nonprofits. That's a story for another day. Now, here's one. It's a little lengthy, but let me just, I've shortened it down already. This is from Bernice, who says, I've been listening to the Zig Ziglar podcast show for the last four months. And after hearing you in one of the podcasts, of course, that's the one that my son, Kevin, hosts. She says, I knew God led me to you. I've since read your book, 48 Days to the Worker You Love, and also love Zig's book, See You at the Top. I've also just bought your other books, Wisdom Meets Passion and Life Coach. I've just signed up for your newsletter and subscribed to your podcast. Um, funny story there. I won't pause, but the book Life Coach by Dan Miller, somebody positioned themselves as being me. It's a total bootleg product. If you track that, look at that, there's no um, way to track back to the author, but they actually wrote a book and put it up using material that they knew would be legitimately attributed to me. So it's um, a bootleg product, but anyway, I hope it helps you. Uh, I don't waste time going after people who do things like that, but I, I hope it helps you. And Bernie says, I have a burning desire to learn more, do more, be significant, help others, and be inspired to live to my true performance. I believe that I have the potential and that I just need that push to maximize the potential buried within me. I'm in a real bad place at the moment with my health. Now, listen, this is pretty tough. I work full-time as a sales manager, and even though I'm good at it, and good at it, and I do a good job, I feel hopeless. My bosses love me, praise me all the time for my dedication and hard work, yet I feel like a robot just going through the daily work as if I'm programmed to do it. I lack the zest and enthusiasm to get up and work every day. I'm feeling worn out, demotivated, and just in a big rut. I have pain and exhaustion throughout my body. I no longer enjoy life. Everything is just too much effort for me. I even pray to die most days. I know that I need to make some changes before I crack. The only thing keeping me sane right now is my love for my kids and grandkids. I've always been known as the helper in my family and among my friends. Everyone comes to me with their problems. And even though I struggle myself, I have the knack of encouraging others. Okay. And so on. Is there something you can suggest I do to help me discover my calling so I can work toward it to do something meaningful that I will enjoy? Do you have material I can read? Of course I can do steps. And so I heard you speak of a disc profile. Can you send me this? I'm reaching out and crying literally for help. I know I can do something more fulfilling and live again. Please 
or be able to wake up and smell the roses again. I'm tired of feeling sorry for myself, tired of wanting to die. Many thanks. Wow. Okay, Bernice, thanks for sharing so openly. I mean, the best overall material I have is the newest version of my 48 days to the work you love. I've already sent a copy. It's on its way to you. Start with that and you should be able to find your purpose and see ways of building work around that purpose. I mean, you really can, you know, I'm, I'm going to read one more, one more here real quickly because it's kind of the same vein. Pamela says, I'm really in a difficult situation. I could use some advice. I'm currently unemployed due to caring for my 80 year old mother full time. I left my job seven months ago. And since then I've been struggling financially since I have to be at home with my mother. I really need something I can do from home. Currently the only money we receive is my mother's social security, which amounts to $1,087 and $334 a month in food stamps. Our rent is 900. So we have just enough left over to pay for prescriptions and doctor visits for my mom. Just to give you a little background in my work history, I'm a Marine Corps veteran. I'm also a former nurse. Most recently went back to school to become a drug abuse counselor. My goal is to work with veterans facing drug and alcohol addictions. I'd like to continue my education so I can get a master's degree in counseling, but had to put that on hold to care for my mom. I started a direct sales business, but due to my limited finances, I haven't been successful at it. It makes it difficult as we can't afford internet access or even phone service. I even had to sell my laptop, so I have no way to build my business. Sometimes I feel my situation is hopeless, which makes it hard to get anything done. I sure could use some guidance. Thank you, Pamela. Pamela. I'm going to go very quickly because I have three minutes left. May I tell you a hard truth? That's something I ask people that I work with. May I tell you a hard truth? You, you probably see what you did as you had no choice. You had to help your mother. But really when we say I had no choice, it, it actually means I only had one path that seemed easy and convenient in the moment. So we justify that, back ourselves into a corner, and then don't have good options. You may see it as being realistic. And my question is, what has being realistic cost you? I mean, you cannot kill the golden goose. You can't serve well from an empty cup. You've got to take care of yourself first, your health, your relationships, your finances, your spiritual well-being. I mean, you'd be way better off to work as a nurse. I mean, certainly you can make reasonable income as a nurse and hire someone to sit with your mother during the day. I mean, to say that we can't even afford internet access or phone service. I mean, you really have backed yourself into a ditch big time, big time. I mean, I I grew up in the Amish community where you build a Dottie house. It's D-A-U-D-Y, a Dottie house for parents. I mean, there's the total obligation to take care of your parents. I mean, I understand that. Trust me. But you've got to do it in a way that doesn't deplete you totally as well. You just can't do that. You've got to focus on being healthy yourself so that you can then provide help to your mom in a way that can really be a benefit to her. Not depleting your own resources totally. You know, I'm going to finish with just a real positive quotation here that's attributed to Waldo Emerson and it's this I'll bring down our background music a little bit to laugh often and much to win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children to earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends 
to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition, to know even one life has breathed, breathed easier because you have lived. This is to have succeeded. And I love that. Boy, you know, I want to keep things positive. We got to keep things positive as you move forward. You got to be sure looking after yourself is not a selfish act. It's the best act of serving and giving that you can do. Take care of yourself. Get yourself back in a position where you have a full cup where you then can give and help those you care about. Well, tough questions today, but believe me, as we get ready to go into the new year, opportunity is everywhere. This is a great time to be planning what you want your life to be. Decide now what you want your life to be like. You're not a victim. You're not just prone to respond to the circumstances. You can decide. Thanks for being part of this group. You are, in fact, finding or creating, and most of you are doing that, creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, productive, and profitable. I know you can do it. I'm your biggest cheerleader. Have a great week.